I'd like for you to turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 33. There are actually two other um, passages to consider in this text, and that is Psalm 103 and verse 7. And so if you'll find those, and Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11 and verse 19. So it's Exodus 33, 12 through 14, Psalm 103, verse 7, and Hebrews chapter 3, verses verses 7 through 11 and verse 19. Then Moses said to the Lord, See thou dost say to me, Bring up this people, But thou thyself hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Moreover, thou hast said, I have known you by name, and you also have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy sight, let me know thy ways, that I may know thee so that I may find favor in thy sight. Consider, too, that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Psalm 103, verse 7, reads like this. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts, his works, to the sons of Israel. And Hebrews chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me, and saw my works for forty years. Therefore I was angry with this generation, and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they did not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 19, And so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Now, when you put these three uh, verses together, or these three passages together, um, it, it, it becomes a, a different picture, really. Here is Moses, uh, before he takes charge of this task before him, he's, he's given the instruction concerning the tabernacle, and they have um, getting ready to head to, the, to Canaan, to the land of promise, which will mean years of wandering. He comes to, this, to the Lord with this petition, If I found favor in your sight, show me your ways. And Psalm 103 says, in essence, that God answered that prayer to Moses, of Moses, and He showed him His ways. But the passage in Hebrews says that the people of Israel saw His works, but they never knew His ways. They saw His works, 
But God was angry or grieved with them because they didn't know His ways. Now, if you look closely at this, you'll see that there are two levels of knowing God, two levels of a knowledge of God. There is a knowledge of His works, and there is a knowledge of His ways. One is temporary and uh, elementary. One is rich and deep. And the difference is really brought out in Psalm 103 because the psalmist says that, that Moses knew something that the sons of Israel never knew. He knew God's ways. They only knew His works. And the author of the book of Hebrews says that God was angry because they... For 40 years they wandered around and never really knew the ways of God, even though they knew the works of God. And because they didn't know His ways, He would not allow them to enter into His rest. Now, what he's about there is not entering into heaven. It's talking about entering into this full and, and abundant life, life of peace and victory that that comes when a person ceases from his own human effort and lives in faith in the Lord, and they live for 40 years seeing his works, never saw his ways. And he indicates that not knowing the ways of God is synonymous with unbelief. He said because of their unbelief, they didn't enter into his rest. What I want to talk tonight about is knowing the ways of God. Now, everybody in this auditorium tonight knows something about the works of God. And you can stand up and give testimony of, of the action of God, of the acts of God in your life, and many of you have seen the, the hand of God at work in your life, but that is not enough. It is not enough to know the works of God. It is only enough when we know His ways. And, and Moses prayed, Lord, show me your ways in order that I may know Thee. If I can know your ways, then I'll know You. Now there's some implications that you might want to jot down if, that, that are characteristic of knowing His ways. Some implications of that. Number one... Knowing His ways is the difference between victory and defeat. It's the difference between victory and defeat in the Christian life. Until a person knows the ways of God, there is no victory in his life. It's the difference between defeat and victory. Secondly, it is the difference between a testifier and a teacher. Now, you know, knowing the works of God makes you a testifier. And there are people who are always giving their testimony. I mean, some travel around the country giving their testimony. And it's wonderful to be able to stand up and give testimony of what is done in your life. But there comes a time when a person must go beyond what the testimony involves to what the teaching involves. This is what uh, the author of Hebrews is talking about in the 5th chapter and the 12th verse, and that verse is so familiar to all of us when he says that, that you ought to be teachers, but you're still having to be taught. You're still having to be fed on the milk, and you should be eating meat. You, you need to go beyond where you are. There's not, it's not enough just to be able to testify. 
Now here's a fellow who, who has followed Christ for 20 years and he knows what the works of God and he goes around giving testimony of that. But, but there comes a time when we have to get beyond that to be able to give a reason for our faith. Now, if somebody came up to you tonight and, and asked you, you know, can you give testimony of God's work in your life? Uh, you, you'd be able to do that. Um, I have confidence in that. But if somebody came up to you tonight and said, can you take the Scripture... And can you give me the evidence, a reason for faith? Can you open up the Word of God and tell me how I can logically believe in Jesus Christ and substantiate that from Scripture? Could you do that? I've been spending some time in the last two or three days or this last week getting ready for the single adult conference. I've uh, been assigned a topic for that. My topic is... Uh, how to develop, or why should one develop, a belief system. How does one come to a belief system? Well, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm talking to a group of people in a seminar, and I'm asking, how did, you, how did you come to believe what you believe? Most of you would answer, well, it's what my parents believed. My mother said this. I, I, believe this, I believe the way I believe because my mother said it was the right way and if it's good enough for mother, it's good enough for me, you know. And in, the, in, in trying to develop this, this, this concept, it suddenly occurred to me most of us have a belief system. It's not really our own. It's what somebody else has taught us and we're Baptists because we grew up Baptists. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that the truth, most of us? And if we grow up in an environment where there are godly people, most of us are godly people. I mean, you know, it's just, we kind of just develop what is around us. We kind of reflect our environment and we get somewhere in life and we're confronted with this issue. Why do you believe the way you believe? And we can't, for the life of us, find any reason to do that. I mean, from Scripture. And so the people came up to the man born blind who had been healed and they asked him this question. You know, how did you get your sight? I mean, what happened to you? And the man said, I don't know what happened to me. All I know to tell you is this, that once I was blind, now I see. Now that's a wonderful testimony. That a man can give test testimony to the fact that once he was blind, now he sees. But somewhere along the line, that doesn't even become a testimony anymore. It has to get beyond that knowing the ways of God rather than the works of God is the difference between a testifier and a teacher. Third, it's the difference between, between knowing what a person does and who the person is. You ever had a secret pal? I got some really some great stories about secret pals I'll share with you in private. They're too, <laughs> too good to tell, you know. On, uh, from a pulpit or on television, but some secret pal stories, they're, they're amazing. So you get these uh, gifts, you know, from a secret pal. We've done that here in the church before in, in the uh, choir. The choir had secret pals one year. So you draw somebody's name and you don't know who that, that person doesn't know who their secret pal is, and one day on anniversary or birthday gets a present. 
Man, it's amazing. You know, I wish I knew who that was, and we, we try to figure out who did that. All we know is that we got this present. We don't know who sent it, where it came from. It's the difference between knowing what a person does and knowing the person. I think I've shared this with you. I know Mark's way works. I don't know his ways. Now, what Mark does here, let me tell you, in case you haven't figured it out yet, Mark is a minister of music and media here at the First Baptist Church. He does a great job, don't you agree? Wasn't that a great, wasn't that a great song this morning, solo? He could sing every Sunday, be fine with me. Uh, he, he leads the music here at the First Baptist Church, in case you're wondering. And he, uh, he directs our choir and he... he uh, he does the TV ministry. That's the works. Uh, I know his works. Uh, Pat knows his ways. Uh-huh. Now, would you like to sh- stand up and give, give, give testimony? Now, now what, what I'm saying is that, that I know what he does, but she knows him. And knowing th- one's ways means that I know that person intimately. Now, by knowing his works, you know, sometimes, you know, I might be a little disappointed if I came down here and Mark's a music director and I come in here on Sunday morning and I look around, Mark's not here. Well, that's going to bring a little heartburn, you know, (laughs) because, I mean, that's his work and, you know, he's not here to do it. Then then I find out from from Pat that, that Mark had a heart attack, you know, on his way to the church building and couldn't hardly make it up here to, you know, because knowing him, he's able to, to give some insight into why he did what he did. Now, some of you are so disappointed sometime in what God does because all you're familiar with is his works. And when he's doing those kinds of things that make you happy, I mean, everything is going fine. And then one day, because something happens or God doesn't come through just like you expect Him to come through. You're pretty disappointed in God. Some of you may even be angry at Him. And, and, and the reason is, is that all we know about God, all some of us know about God is what He does rather than God Himself. Let me tell you something. Your, your faith, your Christianity is pretty shallow if all you know about God is what God does. And there will be times in your life, I can promise you this, when God is going to do those things which seem very disappointing to you. Because, and if you don't know Him intimately and personally, you'll not understand why He's doing what He's doing. All right, number four. Knowing God's works and God's ways is the difference between infatuation and love. It's the difference between infatuation and love. Now, it's not too hard to uh, visualize in your mind. Here's this young sophomore girl, and she um, knows this football player. He catches passes, you know, for the football team. He walks down the hallway, and all the girls swoon. I mean, he may not be the real catch, but I mean, he catches football, and that's pretty important. He, he's the hero, 
And one day she, this sophomore girl's walking down the hall of the school and he kind of looks at her and smiles and she just swoons. I mean, goes completely out of it. And he makes good grades and he catches passes and he's the football hero. And all of a sudden she's just head over heels, in love and all, infatuated with this guy. Now she don't know a, she don't know a thing about him. She just know what knows what he does. Okay, and she's totally infatuated with him. Now you can pick up the scripture. Let me tell you what happened to Israel. Israel was infatuated with God, and they looked at him and they saw what he did, and they they observed his his activity, his actions, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, it, and, and down there in Egypt, this God, man, did you see what, have you heard what he did? I mean, he, 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 he struck people with plagues and he brought the death angel through. They were just totally infatuated with him. And as long as God was doing these marvelous things, they were right on target with him. I mean, they're following him. And then one day he led them to the Red Sea and all of a sudden they were pressed against the Red Sea and an army pursuing them. And they weren't so infatuated with him after that. And they began to criticize him. And they began to condemn the people who loved him and followed him. And the person who only knows the works of God and does not know the ways of God is not a person who walks by, sight, by faith, he walks by sight. And his love of God is just an infatuation. Let me ask you a question tonight. See if you can be totally honest with me. If you lost everything you had and you were something like, something happened in your life like Job, you lost your possessions, you lost your family, you lost your own health, would you still be as in love with God as you say you are? I mean, if you're riding in a boat and the storm comes and the boat starts to sink and the things that, that are so important in your life suddenly disappear, are you, do, you still, do you believe that you still have the same kind of commitment to God that you have now? I wonder how much of our love is just infatuation with His works and as He blesses our life, we are so hung up on Him. But let Him take things out of our life, and um, that's a different issue. All right, question number two. The question is, do you know the ways of God? Second question, how do you know the ways of God? You give me ten minutes, I want to answer that question. There are two means by which God uses to teach us His ways. And really they're the same way, same way, but, but just in two different methods, the result is the same. The first is, is that God teaches us His ways by dealing with us directly. Now, I want everybody who has a Bible to turn to Psalm 73. If you don't have a Bible, it's going to be kind of hard for you to do that. But I assume that you've memorized the Bible and you, since you didn't bring one. So you just remember what Psalm 73 says.
Now, let me give you um, Psalm 73 as this um, account of the psalmist who has a problem with God. This is, the, this is his problem. He says, verse 1, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant, and I, as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death. Their body is fat. I mean, they're getting along fine. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Their pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. They are violent people, arrogant and proud. Not, not people that would, you'd think would be God's people. Their, eyes bul- their eye bulges from fatness. The imagination of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of the of oppression. They speak from on high. They've set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue parades through the earth. They even curse God. How is it these people don't do this and prosper? That's his question. Therefore his people return to this place and waters of abundance are drunk by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge with the Most High? How does God know anything in this world? Behold, these are the wicked and always at ease. They have increased in wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. Hadn't done me a bit of good to be a Christian. The wicked prosper and I don't. What's good is it for me to be a child of God? That's the, that's the, the struggle. For I have been stricken all day and chastened every morning. If I had said, I'll speak thus, behold, I should have betrayed the generation of thy people. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived therein. The rest of the story here is the result of going into the sanctuary of God. Now, the way we discover the ways of God is that He deals with us directly. His ways are in the sanctuary. Now listen carefully to what, what I'm trying to say. The psalmist was a, a, this is a psalm of a soul in despair because the acts of God are withdrawn from his this person's view, I mean, he didn't see God doing anything in his life. And he's filled with despair. And so he goes into the sanctuary, and there he encounters God face to face, because we discover the ways of God face to face with him. There are sometimes, my friend, when God is going to be silent, he's not going to say a word. And you're not going to be able to trace any evidence of God at work in your life or this world at all. And there's going to be the, the there are going to be times in your life when it seems like there that doesn't any of it make sense. Now, why is that? So God can bring you to the place where He can deal with you person to person. And that's why He brought them to the Red Sea. 
He got them out there and surrounded them with till the, the, they got to the place where they were absolutely helpless and hopeless so that God could deal with them on a face-to-face level, on a face-to-face and a face-to-face encounter. Now, the only way that you're ever going to know God's ways is to deal with Him directly. And there's Jacob as an example of that. And all night long he wrestled with God and had come to this matter, hey, it's just me and God all alone. Just me and God face to face. I I think you're aware that I do a lot of counseling and one of the um, temptations of a counselor is to give answers, pat answers, you know. Let me give you page so-and-so, look it up. You know. I got a certain section in my library reserved just for material on counseling. And when I'm trying to counsel people about various issues, I may think immediately of, hey, I know where that's in, at a book. Yeah. It's a temptation to say, here, let me get this book, fax this off, or copy this off for you, go read it, page 136 has the answer for you. That's a strong temptation. That's not what people need. People need for somebody to help them to God so they can deal with Him directly. Your answer is not on page 126 if you've got a problem in life. And your answer is not in the counsel of somebody if He's trying to give you pat answers. Your answer is going to be found when you in the sanctuary, that is, when you come face to face with God. And whatever it takes to bring you there is worth it. Right? it his ways are found in the sanctuary. Secondly, His ways are found in the sea, S-E-A. All right? I, want, I want you to look at Psalm 77. Just one psalm over. And I I'm not, I'm gonna, don't, don't want to take the time to read the whole psalm, but I'd like for you to. But I'm going to begin reading at verse uh, 11. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. I, surely I'll remember thy wonders of old. I'll meditate on thy work and muse on thy deeds. Talking about the work of God. Thy way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? Thou art the God who worketh wonders. Thou hast made known thy strength among the peoples. Thou hast by thy power redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. The waters, watch this now carefully, the waters saw thee, O God, The waters saw thee, they were in anguish. The deeps also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth a sound. The arrows flashed here and there. He's talking about thunder and lightning. The the sound of thy thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Verse 19, circle it. Thy way was in the sea, and thy paths in the mighty waters. Thy way was in the sea. Now one thing about the sea is it's a mystery. 
Um, you can put a boat out in the sea and there's no path to follow. There are no tracks to look for. You can't look and see where others have gone. It's a mystery. And the only way that one will know the ways of God is that there will come times when God puts us in the place of trial and difficulty. There are no paths there. There are no tracks there. There's no handiwork there. It's a mystery. And all you can do is to trust Him. That's how you know His ways. It's like a pilot when he flies by instruments. Completely surrounded by clouds or darkness, he just fixes on the instrument panel and he flies by the instruments. That's how God teaches us His ways. You know how the, you know how the sailor out in the, in the, in the, in the sea, you, you know how he charted his course and directed his way? By shooting the stars, by looking up. And so God brings us to the places where there were no there was no evidence of a path or a print. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, well, this young couple that surrendered to preach. And uh, they, they were talking about going back to school and how difficult that was going to be. And, and uh, he, he's 33 years old and just now surrendered to preach. And, and I just got to reminiscing or reflecting with them a little bit. I said, let me tell you something. You will look back sometime and the best days of your life will be those days when you just launched out in faith trusted in God, you know where the next meal was coming from, where the next mortgage payment or rent payment was coming from. You will, know, you will learn more about God during those days and you will be happier than you've ever been before. Isn't that the truth? I can, you look back on your life and those days when you first started out and you didn't know where you were going to get the next payment or the next uh, meal. Sounds kind of like last month. You know. <laughs> you don't know where it's coming from next, will be the best days of your life. And you'll discover that you'll never be as close to God as you were then. And so the psalmist, the poet put it like this, the strong waves foam at the bow, the sails bend before the wind. Sometimes I know not when or how it will all be revealed. But until then, content I am, or content am I, to sail with the ardors sealed. Just sail with the ardors sealed. And that's the way one discovers his ways. Now, something as big as or something as big as raising kids, or something that is as important as, as taking on a new job, or something as important as, as, as getting old, demands that you know more than the works of God. You, don't know, you need to know His ways.
I'm going to lead us in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Our Father, let us know Thy ways so that we may know Thee. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a good week.